But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. 
a book that is quite famous in the advertising business. It was written by Jerry Della Femina. The title is From Those Wonderful Folks Who Gave You Pearl Harbor. It comes from a meeting Jerry Della Femina was in as a young ad writer. It was his first day on the job at an advertising agency in the early 1960s. The ad men were sitting around a boardroom table one day trying to think of a new slogan for Panasonic, the Japanese electronics company. Everybody was sitting there, stumped. So Della Femina figured he better say something. After all, he was the new guy, and they were paying him $50,000 a year plus a $5,000 expense account. So he piped up and said, Hey, I've got it. Everybody suddenly swung around and looked at him. Then Della Femina said, I think a great headline for Panasonic would be From Those Wonderful Folks Who Gave You Pearl Harbor. There was complete silence. Dead silence. But that was Jerry Delafamina. He was outrageous, brash, and willing to shake it up. Delafamina's book is a no-holes-barred look at the advertising industry during the Mad Men era. It's filled with dark yet hilarious tales of the ad business, and one in particular had an impact on me as a young ad writer starting out. Della Femina tells the story of an agency going to pitch a big new account. The ad guys walked into the boardroom and sat across from half a dozen people from the client side. The top account man from the agency who would be leading the pitch arrived late. When it was his turn to speak, he stood up and looked down the line at each client, searching for the one person he was going to zero in on. See, in every meeting there is one person who will make the ultimate decision to hire or not hire the advertising agency. But finding that person isn't always easy in the first meeting. So the account man spotted one person at the boardroom table who looked important, very inquisitive, and who leaned in as he started his pitch. That's the guy the account man decided was the decision-maker in the room. He stared him straight in the eye all the way through the pitch, never taking his eyes off him for 45 minutes. In his mind, he threw the rest of the people out of the room and sold, sold, sold to this one man. When the meeting was over, the account man was convinced he had made a persuasive pitch to the most powerful man in the room. When the meeting adjourned, everybody shook hands and the ad men left to go back to the agency. That's when something strange happened in the parking lot. The client the account man had focused on appeared and jumped into the cab with the rest of the agency people. That's when the account man realized that the guy he had focused the entire pitch on was, in fact, a new guy who had just joined his ad agency. He had just laser-beamed his whole pitch to his own employee to the exclusion of the real clients. That story, besides being hilarious, made a powerful impression on me. 
When I read that 30 years ago, I made a lasting mental note to always know, ahead of time, who the decision maker was in any boardroom. I made it a point to find out who my clients were by name when meeting them, understanding what their roles were, and, importantly, where the power resides in the room. Because in a pitch, you don't count the votes, you weigh them. I've learned a lot about the advertising business from reading books. That's why I'm always on the lookout for new ones and old ones written by people who have a few miles on their odometer. Today, I'm going to talk to you about some of the best books I've read and tell you a few of the stories that come from those pages. Each book contains incredible wisdom that I've taken to heart and lessons that have served me well over the course of my career. And by the way, not all of them are advertising books. As a matter of fact, one is a sports book and another is about theater actors. But as I learned a long time ago, some of the best books on advertising aren't always about advertising. You're under the influence. The first book we're going to pull from the Under the Influence shelves is titled Leap, written by Bob Schmetterer, the former chairman of advertising agency Euro RSCG Worldwide. It's a fascinating book where Bob tells firsthand stories of advertisers who use big, creative ideas to leap ahead of the competition. One of the most insightful examples comes from Buenos Aires. An advertising agency there had a client who needed an advertising campaign to launch a big new riverfront real estate development called Madero Este. It covered a seven-block area and included a Hilton hotel, a convention center, office and apartment buildings, a mall with an 18-theater cineplex, a sea museum, and a 2,500-foot pedestrian street for outdoor events. As Schmetterer writes... It was more than a new neighborhood. It would be a city within a city. The development was located on the Rio de la Plata riverbank, but it had one big drawback. It was situated in a remote part of the city. So the advertising campaign had a clear objective, to generate awareness and drive traffic to the -the out-of-the-way complex. Budget? $4 million. As the marketing was taking shape, something bothered the ad agency. The typical recommendation, and the one the client was expecting, was a comprehensive multimedia advertising campaign that persuaded shoppers to come out to the Madero Este complex by highlighting all the features of the new development, coupled with compelling reasons to go the extra distance to get there. But the ad agency couldn't help but think that spending $4 million on an ad campaign would be a mistake. And that's a highly unusual thought for an advertising agency. Given its absolutely inconvenient location, the agency believed that no ad campaign could truly drive the level of traffic required to be a success. There was just too much competition from existing malls 
that were much easier to get to. So they began to explore other ways to communicate the existence of the Madero Este complex. They began conducting research to determine where the traffic would come from, what the most compelling reason would be to go there, and how people would get to the out-of-the-way location. It was while pondering that last question that they made a fascinating, counterintuitive leap. Instead of building an ad campaign, why not build something that would literally bring people out to the complex? In other words, why not build a bridge? Their idea was to build an actual pedestrian bridge that would cross the river and provide easy access for the public. Then they pushed the idea one step further. Many of the world's major cities have famous landmarks. In Sydney, you have the Opera House. In New York, you have the Empire State Building. And in Toronto, you've got the CN Tower. But in Buenos Aires, landmarks were scarce. Therefore, instead of a utilitarian bridge, they suggested a world-class structure designed by a world-renowned architect. So, let me ask you this. If you were a CEO who had asked for a marketing campaign and your ad agency came back with a bridge, what would you say? Really, what would you say? The Madero Este CEO sat there absolutely stunned. But the ad agency made a powerful case, and he listened. Fortunately, this CEO was a man of vision, and he bought the bridge. Even though the press and even the advertising industry both dismissed the idea initially, the beautifully designed footbridge became a landmark and a symbol of the new Buenos Aires. It eventually generated more publicity than any advertising campaign ever could have and literally brought shoppers out by the thousands. It was an out-of-the-park home run. Bob Schmetterer's book Leap is full of remarkable stories, but I was drawn to this one because it demonstrated that not all business problems can be solved with advertising. That even though an advertising campaign was the expected solution, the advertising agency looked at the problem with fresh eyes. Fast Company co-founder Bill Taylor calls this Vuja Day. We all know what deja vu is. It's looking at an unfamiliar situation and feeling as if you have seen it before. But Vuja Day is the opposite. It means looking at a familiar situation as if you have never seen it before. And that's exactly what the ad agency did. They stared at a familiar request for an advertising solution, but looked at the problem as if they had never seen it before. That fresh view led them to dismiss the conventional wisdom of recommending an advertising campaign, and instead, they recommended a bridge. The task was to drive traffic. Who knew they would take that challenge literally? But what happens when your customer traffic completely disappears and you're staring at bankruptcy? Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Our next book from the Under the Influence Library is a bit dusty. It's titled The New Advertising, and it was written by Robert Glatzer in 1970. The book is about the 1960s creative revolution in advertising that changed everything. On page 53, Glatzer tells the story of how ad agency Doyle Dane Burnback, or DDB as it's now called, helped rescue the Levy's bread account. Once upon a time, there was a little Jewish bakery in Brooklyn. For 30 years, it quietly sold bagels, onion rolls, and challah to the faithful. Then, trying to expand, it went into packaged rice, pumpernickel, raisin bread, and other trendy products. Jewish folks stopped buying, and the Gentiles didn't start. Things went from bad to worse, until one day the little bakery went into bankruptcy. The bank appointed a receiver, and that receiver hired DDB to hopefully turn the bakery around. The receiver told ad agency owner Bill Burnback that they wanted to get their Jewish customers back. Burnback, who was Jewish, tasted the packaged breads and said, No Jew would eat your bread. If you want more business, we have to advertise to the Gentiles. So, DDB created a very witty, very smart print campaign aimed at New York's army of Wonder Bread eaters. Sales improved, but the large grocery chains still refused to stock levies. So, DDB wrote a radio campaign featuring the voice of a little boy asking for... Levy's Zimminum Weizen Bread! 
In no time, people all over New York were walking around saying, I love Wevies. And before long, grocery stores added Levies to their shelves. Then DDB created subway posters with one of the most famous slogans in the advertising business. Each ad showed people, like a Native American or an Asian child, eating the bread with a big smile under the line, You don't have to be Jewish to love Levies. The posters were beautifully designed, and you can still find them online after all these years. Since Jewish people weren't buying levies anyway, and since Gentiles often thought Jewish foods were delicious, the posters were a huge success. The campaign was charming, had a sense of humor, and people loved it. It created a personality for levies and the bread it made. But here's the interesting thing. That personality wasn't based on logic, facts, or information. The ads asked people who liked the advertisements to buy the bread because they liked the advertisements and because the ads represented a company that made eating bread a pleasure. This is an important point and why I include this story here today. The campaign used emotion instead of logic. It didn't compare Levy's bread to other competitors or tell you how it was made or make big claims about being better. As a matter of fact, the campaign was based on honesty. DDB recognized the bread had no discernible characteristics that might make it better than their rivals. No advantages of flavor, nutrition, or appearance. Instead of claiming virtues where there were none, DDB gave Levy's a personality that differed from its rivals. And by using gentle humor, the ad agency made the Levy's name recognizable to New Yorkers. It was an emotional connection. That's not to say reason and logic have no place in advertising, but when one product is largely similar to another, the product with the most sharply defined personality wins. When people feel a connection to a product, if it makes them feel good or smile or laugh, they will reach for that product over all others. You don't have to be Jewish to love levies, but you gotta love their thinking. Another book I read recently is titled The Captain's Class, A New Theory of Leadership by Sam Walker. The book takes an absolutely fascinating look at the elite captains of sports teams and how important they are. Many of the best captains are not the top scorers or stars on the team, but they are the essential backbone. And often, a team is more likely to become elite if it has a captain who leads from the shadows. Walker gives the example of basketball player Bill Russell. What distinguished Russell wasn't his mediocre dribbling or scoring. It was his dedication to playing without the ball. For example, Bill Russell's block of Jack Coleman's shot in the 1957 NBA Finals is considered one of the most incredible physical acts ever done on the basketball floor. The then St. Louis Hawks were trailing the Boston Celtics by one point with only 40 seconds left in the game. The Hawks' Jack Coleman got a breakaway pass and charged towards the net. There wasn't a single Celtic player near him. He was all alone. 
He took one dribble, left his feet, and stretched out his arm to roll in a layup to win the game and the championship. But just as the ball left his fingertips, a giant white-shirted blur engulfed him from behind. It was Russell, who seemingly came out of nowhere and somehow, some way, blocked the shot. Russell was 92 feet away when he began his pursuit. He had to travel 31 feet per second to do it, meaning he was moving at a speed of 21 miles per hour. A near impossible feat. But he did it. That historic defensive play was typical of Bill Russell's leadership. His career mark in defensive win shares is the best in NBA history by a remarkable 23% margin. Russell wasn't a particularly friendly player and he had no interest in being in the Hall of Fame. He just wanted to win and he made everyone around him better. Leaders like Russell know how to close the gap between the team's current state of being and the one it needs in order to succeed. In any endeavor, leadership makes the difference. People respond to leadership in a remarkable way. They want to be inspired, and they want to be nobly led. We're programmed to respond to brave, steadfast, and fiercely committed leadership. Walker says leaders are like the verb in a sentence. Not as memorable as the nouns, not as evocative as the adjectives, and not as expressive as punctuation. But in the closed unit of a great sentence, the verb is the only essential component. Another wonderful book I devoured recently is about theater performers. The title is The Spectator, and it's comprised of a series of conversations broadcaster and Pulitzer Prize winner Studs Terkel had with leading stage actors and directors. In one chapter, Terkel has an extremely interesting conversation with Marcel Marceau, who was the world's greatest mime artist. You'll remember this famous sketch of Marceau's. Love that one. In the book, Marceau tells Turkle an interesting story about performing in Japan. One of his most famous pantomime performances was called The Staircase. In it, Marcel Marceau climbs what seems to be an unending series of stairs, all alone, on stage, with mime. In New York, Chicago, and San Francisco, the audiences roared with laughter. It became one of Marceau's most famous sketches. But in Japan, nobody laughed. The American public found this mime so amusing because they identified with tall buildings and onerous staircases. But in Japan, they didn't laugh because houses there were so small at the time. They had no staircases. The miming of walking up 30 flights of stairs didn't resonate with them. And that is such an important lesson. People can only laugh if they recognize themselves in comedy or tragedy. That is also the key to successful advertising. It has to be based on an insight that comes from real life. Good advertising mirrors customers, 
but great storytelling mirrors the human experience. It seeks to find a common bond, a universal truth, to gather as many people as possible in a relevant way. As Turkle points out in his book, people haven't changed since the days of Shakespeare. What the Bard was writing about in his plays, ambition, fear, jealousy, love and betrayal, were all relevant in the 16th and 17th centuries. All relevant now. All relevant long before Shakespeare. In other words, the basic desires that motivate us all, no matter how old you are, what gender you identify with or where you live, never change. That's why a product or service can connect with huge swaths of individuals who seem to have nothing in common. Because basic human experience is the most powerful bond of all. It is said that when an old person dies, a library burns down. So much wisdom is taken to the grave. But books live on. There are some books I've read once and always remembered. Others I reread time and again. Some of the most valuable lessons I've learned, I've learned from books. From those wonderful folks who gave you Pearl Harbor by Jerry Della Femina taught me the importance of determining where the power resides in a boardroom. Leap by Bob Schmetterer gives readers an incredible lesson in how to look at problems with fresh eyes. The new advertising by Bob Glatzer is about how the creative revolution changed everything in advertising by using the heat of emotion instead of cold, hard logic. The Captain's Class by Sam Walker shines a light on the value of people who lead their teams to greatness, but do it quietly without fanfare. And lastly, The Spectator by Studs Terkel is a rare collection of theater wisdom about the importance of knowing your audience. It's all there for the taking and the reading. The willingness to learn is up to you. When you're under the influence, I'm Terry O'Reilly. This episode was recorded in the Terrestream Airstream Mobile Recording Studio. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Sound engineer, Jeff Devine. Under the Influence theme by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Tunes provided by APM Music. Follow me on social at Terry O. Influence. This podcast is powered by ACAST. Here's some news. You can now listen to our podcasts on the YouTube Music app. Just search Apostrophe Podcasts. More episodes are added every week. And if you think there are too many ads in a show about advertising, I won't judge. You can listen to our podcasts ad-free on Amazon Music. See you next week. Fun fact! In the Mel Brooks film, Silent Movie, the only person with a speaking role is my artist, Marcel Marceau. All of a sudden, he's a chatty Cathy. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.